Please be advised that in order to foster quality discussions in each episode, we will spoil the stories in each game and text we talk about. Good news is, 90% of the titles we cover are old enough that many of you might already know all about them. That said, we do encourage you to play and read before listening. The books was the runny shits, Bryce. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Wasn't a fan. Yeah, I have I have some things to say about it that I feel like redeem it a little bit, but um, I agree. Is <laughs> the long and short of it. I agree as well. Um, yeah, we'll get into it. Um. Any other preliminary things you want to get out before we uh, actually dive into this? Uh, I like Halloween. Love Halloween. I love Halloween much more than I like this book. Yeah, this We're, is like... This is what we should talk about Halloween more. Yeah, that, that would have been better. Better episode. Just Halloween rules. Here's yeah. our favorite movies. Yeah, movies would have been more fun. I realized we just ended up talking about movies at the beginning of last episode instead of actually like stories, you know, yeah. but I mean, I don't really care, but well, uh, when this comes out, it's finally Halloween and yesterday was not Halloween Eve Eve, as I said in the video, like a complete moron. It would be Halloween just Eve. Yeah. Did night. you notice that I said that? No, I didn't. Oh, I I listened to that like I listened to that over <laughs> while I was editing editing it countless times. I didn't realize until like the day I was about to post it or like schedule yeah. it to be posted. I was like, how in the world did I go by like what like uh, um, I don't know a month without realizing I said something that stupid? It's okay, brother. It's forgivable. <laughs> We'll just go with Devil's Night next time instead, so there are no discrepancies. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we should have done. But anyway, um, my effort to write my previous errors is uh, is uh, our costumes today. We'll go with that. And uh, as Captain Jean-Luc Picard might say, um, it's my attempt to make it so. So, who are we today, fellas? I'm going to go ahead and assume you're Jean-Luc Picard. I am Jean-Luc Picard. Jean-Luc Picard. Who are you? Me? Yeah, where's your costume? I'm Mike Myers from Halloween. Caleb, where's your costume? Uh, I didn't want to. I didn't feel like (laughs) it. What's that arm? It looks like really realistic from here. I know, I was looking in the webcam. I don't know if it's going to show up on my video because it's a different angle, but in here, it just looks like some random hand coming from my crotch. I'm sure, yeah. It looked... I'm just going to play with this the whole episode. Love that. <laughs> hey, kitties. <laughs> and I'm Kiss. I'm every member of Kiss in one. That's, that's the that's only member to be. That's Yeah, yeah. 
I decided if, uh, since the book was so boring, I'd bring Kiss to this episode, the opposite of this book, like short to the point, no flashbacks, like just fuck them up. Like that's, that's the energy I'm trying to bring to zone one, flip it on his word. We gotta, you can't let Halloween be brought down to the level that the story tried to bring it down to. No, you can't do it. That's why it's uh, our job. Yes. Yeah. So thanks for the costume recommendation. That was good. We needed that. And I apologize. You know what? I, I feel bad. I feel bad saying the things that we're going to say about the book that have to be said, but they have to be said. Okay. Um, so Colson Whitehead, I know you're listening. Uh, Whitehead. <laughs> I also keep accidentally calling you Colton in text. That's good. I apologize. I, I, I know you probably know that not all your books are as good as you'd want them to be. But I also know you really tried to make this book really good. And I understand the agony of writing sometimes. And you start and it just doesn't turn into what exactly what you want it to be. Uh, I also apologize if you if it's your favorite book that you've written. So uh, I'm sorry. And I'm sorry to you, uh, Zach, and to you, Caleb, for making you read this book. Uh, I had some choice words in the text exchanges when we first started reading this, but um, <laughs> I, I'm not going to go back and read those on air. I don't think the fans can handle that. Yeah, I thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> you did that for the one episode, but these were pretty harsh, I think. <laughs> it was pretty bad. You have to tell me after, because I'm curious. I was very, I, I was a champ about it. I just, I just read it and was like, maybe I'm just the one. Maybe something's wrong with me. Maybe, I, maybe <laughs> I didn't like it because I'm dumb. But no, I'd like to read about someone who did enjoy the book and see what they say, because I, I don't know. I, I mean, I would I hate when I don't enjoy books because I yeah. feel like you, you like I feel like you, you're doing something wrong because mm-hmm. how could a published book be that be like like you have you have to be just misunderstanding something like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. At least want to give it the benefit of the doubt. Right. Right. I've never encountered a book written so well. That was done so poorly. Yeah. It was so boring. I, I'll get more into it, but since it's Halloween, um, do you know what scares me, terrifies me, probably more than anything else in today's world right now? Hmm. Do you know? Snakes in the toilet. <laughs> AI, man. Makes sense. Oh, the artificial intelligence. Damn. Have you been hearing the stuff that's going on? I don't pay attention. I don't I really don't. I don't either, but because I, I'm like you, I am scared. Yeah, well, probably deep down. I like, just don't want to face it. I'm like, whatever. I, I watched this other uh, comedy podcast called Ninjas or Butterflies, and if you haven't watched that, you got to check it out. But don't, don't check it out and ignore our podcast because our podcast is good too. Um, I know theirs is really good, and you're gonna want to just quit ours and. Just go off and uh, binge their whole. Uh, their video show, is probably but... better, I would imagine. Oh yeah, they have it. They they have it so like down. It's crazy. They're professionals, right? But they anyway, they talk about um. It's huge. They talk about AI and like conspiracy theories all the time. But AI comes up all the time, and I've heard so many things through just through them. Like that's where I'm getting all this info. I don't like watch any news or anything. Um. Except when I'm at my parents' house, and it's just like mm-hmm. news on every TV in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but um so do any of you know ever any of you heard of either of you heard of all the any of the recent stuff that's happening with ai like the last uh, like yes, six Bryce, months or if so you, if you listen to the last four guests i had on the drunken pen writing podcast <laughs> we discussed ai every episode did you i'm i'm uh i'm only like three or four episodes behind on drunken pen so. mainly we discussed it in the realms of the publishing movies and uh, music industries mm. are we saying not AI? so much the real world complications that arise when you have ai running human existence well i mean that's part of it though like i mean that was one of my my notes here like they're that and that's been my first fear about them like taking jobs away and like ruining creativity and shit like that and then have you seen like the the ai that like mimics voices yeah that's how is that how they make all the songs yeah like dead artists and shit yeah that's weird and then like on on that other podcast i just mentioned they they they, like you can do it for free too like you just have to sample somebody's voice like a friend or whatever you just get a like a 20 or 30 second even maybe even shorter clip of them talking and it we can figure it out yeah, yeah you can make them say whatever you want right it's crazy what's very terrifying is when you get let's say a joe rogan who has thousands of podcast episodes or the president of the united states or anyone in the world who has a lot of footage and uh audio clips of them you could pretty much at some point have a, a wide enough vocabulary that it can sound completely natural and make them say anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like you don't have to have any kind of special effects. It'll literally because every word they've said uh can be used now so they can go ahead and just make you say whatever you want. So even like my podcast has been on the air long enough. I've said enough words yeah. and phrases that they could just co- cobble together anything uh without trying. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Like we're like now that I'm my voice is going to be out there on the internet and shit. Like not that this podcast is going to go like viral or anything, but if anyone wanted to screw with me, they could. It's terrifying. Yeah. And then in terms of like real physical threats, uh there's this story about um it's like some lab or something in China, I think where they had like actual AI robots doing things. I I don't even think, I don't remember. I think they weren't even on that long. And uh, they started like, I think they started attacking people Mm. and they eventually had to, I think they turned some of them off, but then one kept going and they had to shoot this one and they shot it down. And, so it's down, but then uh, this AI robot connects itself to Starlink. You know the satellite, the, yeah. the satellites up there now, and it teaches itself how to repair itself, and it fixes itself, and then it gets back up. Like we're literally living or approaching the world of the T one thousand. I was gonna say that's Terminator <laughs> shit, bro. It's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I find that exciting. Yeah, I want Terminators to be real. <laughs> I want to fight the Terminators. I mean, it just is going to be what the fuck it's going to be, right? So you can just choose to live however. That's how I look at any of that shit. Like, yeah. whatever, dude. My opinion, and that doesn't matter. 
yeah. about doing anything to stop it or for or forward it. Sorry, I'll suck your dick on the mic a little more. Please, Bryce. please do. Suck some AI cock right here. It tastes better than the real one, you know, <laughs> allegedly. Fuck. No, but yeah, it's, um, it's, yeah, it is what it is. It's just, it's frustrating that there's like no, I mean, I guess they're trying, but there's just, there's no, um, what's the word? Like law stuff no legislature there's no legislature around it yet right. so anybody can do like whatever they want and uh, it's like the internet when the internet was first invented it was the yeah. wild west you can do whatever the fuck and, yeah, yeah so it'll like, be like that for a while probably yeah you hope eventually i mean sooner than li- rather than later that they will do something to uh add you know make legislature for it so that these people because i mean there are people who legitimately want it to like cause like yeah i'm sure violence and it's just just bad things and anyway so did ai write zone one and what's his name gordon whitehead or whatever (laughs) (laughs) gordon gordon whitehead's just chilling fucking drinking (laughs) scotch in his mansion we're all dumb buying his books it both wouldn't and would surprise me right because Anyway, that'll be a mean thing to say, and I don't want to complete the thought. Oh, but I'm just teasing. <laughs> it wasn't that. I mean, I've read worse things. I don't yeah. want to make it sound like it was the worst thing I've ever read in the world. It just is, was right. boring, and I don't really think I have too much to say about it, really. That's the thing. It's, I know. It's just well, like, oh, right. I'll make you say some things about it, but yeah. <laughs> uh, I was trying to think, though, like what else I read that was... That has been that bad. Uh, I can. I. I mean. I'm. I know that I have, but it's hard to think of thing of bad things that you've read. I guess. I don't think it was poorly written, like uh, Caleb alluded to earlier. Like the prose is nice. Like he's a good writer. Like the book. Yeah. It's just like it's. It's just there's not much. I don't feel like there's not much left to say. Post-apocalyptic zombie New York, right? Type thing. We'll this get into is that. like I don't care. It's been done so many fucking times. Exactly. That. You know, unless you have something like groundbreaking, just why do it? Yeah. You know, just the zombie genre in general is just boring to me. Right. I have I have things to say about that, but let's do the intro. Okay, let's intro. Welcome to Arcade Bookshop, everybody, where we talk about video games and their literary counterparts for all of you who love to play and to read. Thank you so much for listening and joining us today. I'm assuming that you're seeing us on video in uh, all the correct uh, formats, you know, uh, all horizontal pictures, um, yeah. coloring's a little bit better, uh, it lasts longer than the 25-minute the intro of the last episode, um, hopefully it's just from beginning to end, and I've learned to edit the video properly without screwing up the audio. Um, I am Bryce Yoli. And as always, I'm here with my pal and cousin-in-law, Caleb James. What up? And we're also joined once again today by Zach Belanti, a.k.a. the Crypt Keeper of the local horror and punk-inspired Pittsburgh fitness company, Death Comes Lifting. Reppin' Kiss all day on the Halloween episode. Mm. Thanks, boys. Honor to be here as always. You Back can't- for a second time. Word, you can't see the whole thing, but behind him is this really cool Death Comes Lifting flag. It was in the last one. Hell yeah. 
um you can see the like the comes lifting a little bit and the the, the hatchet part. and shit um but Her it ripped off friday the 13th part two right there yeah and zach sells shit like that if you want to look it up if you're into it check him out buy some stuff he has some pretty sweet merch deathcomeslifting.com um, ladies and gentlemen which uh we were we, i said the last episode we were going to the uh cleveland gaming classic and we did that zach sold the shit out of his t-shirts and flags and we cleaned it up man yeah went to great lakes brewing company to celebrate oh my great god land of cleveland that was good shit brother that was one of the best bar meals i've ever had hell yeah dude love that same they're all awesome. bizarre yeah yeah great lakes so brewing good. company rules freaks of ohio figure so it good. out yeah <laughs> um so today, we're responding to our last episode about Resident Evil Director's Cut with our discussion of Zone 1 by Pulitzer Prize winning author Colson Whitehead. <laughs> I call him Gordon. Yes, you called him <laughs> Gordon, Gordon Whitehead. Whitehead. <laughs> you think you are. <laughs> you uh, very much whitewashed yes, I did. this gentleman's <laughs> I definitely did. <laughs> yeah. um, no disrespect. Blatantly, anyway. So... That said, uh, all of that said, if you're not watching us this time, I'm obviously a complete failure, but that's what Halloween's about. Terrible things. AI. Failing at editing my podcast videos. You know, just awful, awful things. But I have uh, also unfortunately succumbed to the powers of TikTok. So if that's your platform, check us out there for updates going forward, please. Blech. I don't even like I don't even like talking about it. It's like it's really surprising what it does, but uh I just don't like social media. Mm, I don't but, blame you. Does it make you feel like you started an OnlyFans? Like you just have the shame over you now for starting a TikTok. Kinda. <laughs> it's not that much different. Uh but if it's what you like, that's perfect, uh, and we're there now, but... Blech. Yeah. It seems to be doing well. I am uh, I enjoy making the videos. I just don't like being on there. I think podcast clips are cool on TikTok. That's, that's, yeah. that's cool. There's definitely, like, you know, I hate social media as much as anybody, but, you know, it's a necessary evil when you run shit. Yeah. So if you do cool shit on it, you know, that's the only way around that. Post mm-hmm. content you're proud of that's helpful, that's cool, and not fucking dumb. Yeah, and like if that's what social media was, and I think that's, I mean, that's not what it was created for, but if that's what it was used for mostly, that would be great. It's just not. And it's like, it's frustrating that you gotta like be involved and like intermingle with shady stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. But so, you wanna talk about Zone 1? No. More about Halloween, less about Zone 1. Yeah. I think people would enjoy that more. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I think we all Let's would. Pick the but... most unpopular zombie book in the genre and discuss it. <laughs> the, the thing is, you, you, you pick up a book that says, by Pulitzer Prize winning author Colson Whitehead. What did he win a Pulitzer Prize for, Gordon? This other, <laughs> yeah, what, the, the other book that you got. Underground Railroad. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. That came out, I don't know what year, but it was later. This was, Zone 1 was 2011. I don't know if this was his first book, but it was definitely one of his first 
big books, I think. Okay. It, it obviously shows. Right. Yeah. Well, hey, if he can improve and eventually win a Pulitzer Prize for some book, okay. Yeah. All right, all right man. All right, Mr. Whitehead. And to I, be fair, he he's a great writer. Yeah. He just, like, the story, there was no storytelling in this, and we'll get into it, but it just, yeah. it yeah. fails. It yeah, just fails. Other right. than the prose, it was not good. So here's what the back of the book says. Back of the book says, uh, this is the synopsis, a pandemic has devastated the planet sorting humanity into two types, the uninfected and the infected, the living and the living dead. After the worst of the plague is over, armed forces stationed in Chinatown's Fort Wanton have successfully reclaimed the island south of Canal Street, a.k.a. Zone 1. Mark Spitz is a member of one of the three-person civilian sweeper units tasked with clearing lower Manhattan of the remaining feral zombies. Zone 1 unfolds over three surreal days during which Spitz is occupied with the mundane mission of straggler removal, the rigors of post-apocalyptic stress disorder, PASD, and the impossible task of coming to terms with a fallen world. And then things start to go terribly wrong, dot, 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 dot. And the Los Angeles Times says, Uniquely affecting, a rich mix of wartime satire and darkly funny social commentary. Whether charged with bleak sadness or bone-dry humor, sentences worth savoring pile up faster than the body count. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> when, I, when I read these uh, blurbs in the back of this book, they read so uh, sarcastic. Did, yeah. you, did you pick that up at all? It does, I mean, bone-dry humor? Blurbs. <laughs> The synopsis alone put me to sleep. I didn't even read the blurbs. I yeah. didn't get that far. Oh, and I love the one on the front of the book, too. It's a book you want oh, to God. read rather than one you should read while still providing... What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why would you put that on the front of your book? <laughs> <laughs> while still providing the chilling, fleshly pl- pleasures of zombie who zombies who lurch, pursue, hunger, dot, dot, dot. One of the best books of the year. It's a book you want to read rather than one you should read. <laughs> It's a zombie book. Obviously, it's not, uh, you know, supposed to be this great work of fiction. But then they fucking, the way they promoted this book was, it is a literary zombie story. Yeah. Well, I think. Something you should read, not necessarily want to read. Fucking goons. Bunch of goons put this book together. Should have been published. I hate it. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, here's what I say. This is my synopsis about, of the book. Um. This is about a guy who survives the zombie apocalypse and has flashbacks for 300 pages while we avoid present day. The book, in all all actuality, only spans over the course of three days, but that's because the events present day aren't very interesting at all. And the main conflict of the book appears to be solving the puzzle of the main character living up to his corny nickname. It's so mean, this episode, but... (laughs) I don't know. Doesn't that make sense to you? I, I... even though that was just rude, uh, what I just said for the synopsis. I mean, right? I, I don't think it's mean as so much a fair assessment of the book. <laughs> yeah, so that wasn't that mean. We could do worse. Three days of boring nothingness. I mean, how do you make a... St- I just don't know how you make a zombie story so dull. 
Because in 2011, this was like the height of the resurgence of zombies. So it should have been right. something everyone would want, but he somehow yeah. made it really, really dull. And like, it takes, it does take guts and determination to like, to actually write new stories in this vein that are already very worked and reworked. And, uh, I mean, just the idea of the zombie. Uh, and the apocalypse even mm-hmm. um so it's like it's like you hate to just bash him for trying that because he did some things differently but it's just not different enough i guess and do you remember when stephanie meyer made vampire sparkle instead of burning up in the sun that's what yes. colson whitehead did with this book he made zombies stupid and suck yeah. They were already kind of probably on the downswing. Like they were already oversaturated, oversaturated in the market. So it's not like we needed more zombie stories. And his literary take, quote unquote, on the zombie genre, it I, I, I didn't like it. I'm never gonna like it. I'm never gonna go back and read. This book was so shitty that halfway through reading half of the book, I, I had to give up, and I got an Audible subscription so I could <laughs> listen to it, thinking that would help. And I had to bail on the listening of it because it sucked. Like I just couldn't do it. I got like, yeah, I don't know, 150, 200 pages in or something. I was like, I'm done. Can't do it anymore. So, like, to parallel your Twilight uh, comparison, it's like, like what he did differently. I think, it, like you said, he made the zombies boring. So, like, a lot of the main zombies are stragglers, right? He mm-hmm. calls them stragglers, the ones that kind of just wander and don't really harm anybody. The skulls are the bad guys. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. So there's so good like, and bad zombies, which is okay. Yeah. So like there's there's more aggressive ones and there are some that kind of just became tame for some reason. Mm-hmm. And they they can recognize those cause based on their, you know, their demeanor. And they're like frozen in uh, action, aren't they? Like there's one that yeah, from like what I read uh, is like stuck scanning his ass in a photocopier or something stupid. Like they yeah. just get stuck in these little loops and right. then they're harmless. Right. And that but then the the thing is by the end um he he takes all that away so like that was the unique thing he did which wasn't all that unique but like by making them and kind of like get like kind of giving them their own like social structure in a way in a very simple way he he did that uniquely and then at the end the stragglers kind of just turned into skulls. They went aggr- they all went aggressive and attacked everybody. So it was like, here's my unique thing and now it's over. And now so everything guess, is the without same. Without having as- even finished the book, there was supposed to be some contrived nonsense about I'm gonna guess what's the guy named Mike Spitz or something? Mark Spitz. I'm gonna go ahead and guess that he felt bad about killing the stragglers and because, you know, they're not harming anybody and then we're supposed to have some kind of pity for them. And then by the end, it turns out, oh, we should have killed them all along. Is that what happened? Um, I mean, probably at times. I don't think it. I mean, just like The Walking Dead, it's it's not really about the zombies, I, I think. <laughs> Stupid, I hate it. Yeah. I, Which is why I don't like The Walking Dead, because it's barely fucking about zombies. Yeah. Same. I, like, I was yeah, not a fan. No interest in continuing down that road. So, like, before we go too far down this black hole of just shit talk um let's talk about like the writing like what but like story aside what does he do what does colson whitehead do that just did not work 
I have an example. Can okay. I read it? I will. Yeah. Uh, this is, I don't have the page number. It's early on in the book. While he does, you know, he has great turns of phrases. He, he can write. But also, this was what I consider prose porn. A lot of this mm -hmm. was just unnecessary, and it, it takes you out of the story. It doesn't let you get immersed in the story, and it sure as hell doesn't make you, you know, care about the zombie apocalypse at all. So here's just, I don't even remember what this was in reference to, but <clears throat> if you'd asked him about his plans at the time of the ruin, the answer would have come easily. Lawyering. He was bereft of attractive propositions, constitutionally unaccustomed to enthusiasm, and generally malleable when it came to his parents' wishes, adrift on the gentle upper-middle-class current that kept it in charges, cheerfully bobbing far from... I can't read any more of that. <laughs> what is that even about? Right. Like, most of this book is like that. I was like, what the fuck is that? Like, if I read that to somebody, they wouldn't even know what the context was. They wouldn't know what that meant. Oh, man. And, okay, I have two examples also about, like, how he over-explains and overwrites things. Because that was your point, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, let me get the book again. Um, well, my first one was just kind of a simple reference. They're, like, they're tossing the... So, in, in the story, they... Uh, they go through Manhattan and they're, they're assigned like certain areas to like go through a building or a, just an area and take down all the zombies they see. And uh, when they're done, they put them in a body bag and they kind of just toss them out a window from the building and then they hit the ground and then people come by and they collect them and take them away and they just stash them somewhere uh, outside of the zone. So, uh, oh, so one thing that happened was they tossed a, they tossed a body bag outside the window. It hit the ground and the bag burst and it splashed with, you know, gooey, nasty, uh, dead body stuff. And he called it, I don't even know how to pronounce this word, so I'm just going to try. He called it Icor or Ecor and Clots of Grue. And I was grew, like, as in got bigger? No, G R U E, like gruesome. Clots of oh, grew. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I never heard that shortened to grew. Right. He does that a lot. And it's like, like you, you, you read the word individually and you kind of like it. But when you read it in the context of the story, it just kind of pisses you off. Cause it's like, it's just that purple prose thing. It's like, it, I mean, it's relevant and all, but it's just you didn't really have to be that creative about that. Like, it, just too many words in that sentence. And it's then the you kind have to of prose that if you just took out one part and read it, you'd be like, "Oh, that's beautiful, or that's great." But when you read a whole book that's written that way, like mm -hmm. Zach said earlier, you just end up scanning. You just skim through it. And you're like, "Yeah," because it's yeah. just too much. You can't concentrate on every single sentence unless you're yeah you know, a psychopath right and that's part of the reason this book i think all of us agree except i mean obviously you just didn't have the time for it it was just taking too long like we all it's a simple book not very complicated at all but it took us forever to read it right <laughs> um but yeah it's like what just too many words and if you if you're reading a zombie book and you have to use uh, a dictionary that you're doing something wrong, you know? So here's my other one. Uh, remember when he was in traffic in the, in the beginning? It was like when he was talking about uh, what they call last night 
when he was like coming home from the casino. Casino. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let me find it. He just overwrites traffic. Okay. Uh, let's see. I think this is it. They need to chill. Mark Spitz says the Monday vice clenched. Here was that end of weekend despair, the death of amusement, and the winnowing of the reprieve. Everyone on the expressways and turnpikes felt it. He was sure. This evaporation of prospects. What impotent rebellion they enacted, feebly tapping the leather facsimile of their horns and spitting the top shelf profanities. In retrospect, perhaps the intensity of that moment, the pressure he felt, was the immensity of the farewell, for this was the goodbye traffic, the last lateness and their attendant excuses, the final inconveniences of an expiring world. Just say there was traffic. <laughs> Good God, man. I was like, I can't <laughs> fucking pay attention. Because that's how that audible version was. I was just like droning on and on. And the guy did as best he could. But I'm just like, dude, this is so fucking... I don't care. I don't care about the traffic that much. Why? How are you making traffic deep? It's just traffic. Yeah, and like, I'm sorry, but... If you're reading this, and I think we all felt this way, if you're reading it and an entire page or more goes by before you realize that nothing has happened, come on. Yeah. See, I appreciate, I can appreciate the effort. I appreciate the, uh, you know, flamboyant prose and everything like that. Like, that's like cool to me. That's fun. I like over the top. I'm in kiss makeup. Like, uh, that's cool. But if you don't have anything to support that, if it's just a boring you know whatever zombie story then like it doesn't go anywhere it's like you know really good topping on really shitty cake kind of thing it's like as a writer you're supposed to have a reason for why you're going so in depth with something as simple as traffic so if it turns out you know his daughter died in a traffic accident maybe you Mm -hmm. can like you know bring that back but nothing like that happens it's just it's just there to be like look how good i can write yeah and uh, that brings me to characters. What did we think about characters? Boring and yeah, unfleshed out. There's so many. Too many. I did like how the zombies are, you know, gross zombies, but then his team also have zombie-like appearances. Like, I forget what it was. It was something he did have. A, like, there are phrases and things he says that are really cool that I did like. So there was one where he was... Uh, describing one of the teammates or something and the guy's nails i want to say he used like the phrasing the guy's nails were like he dug out of a coffin or something like that like Mm. he came out of a fresh grave because they were so grimy but it says saying just they were grimy you know they unburied himself like i like things like that are pretty cool but Mm. he didn't do that enough compared to like the overwriting of everything else like it didn't balance yeah and even stuff like that it like it was it's clever but at the same time, it's like... Is it needed? Well, that, and it's almost like stupid because <laughs> it's like, oh, you're putting that, you're using that uh, uh, description because you're writing a zombie book, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it, like, it, it works, obviously, and you like it, but it's like, all right, I don't know. That's how I feel about it anyway. It's just like... I don't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like there's so many characters. They're all flat because there's so many. And 
even the main character you don't really care that much about. I mean, did you? I don't know. No, I was. that's one of the things I was going to say is he's just the bad main character to be like the focus of the apocalypse novel. Like, yeah. like an I Am Legend situation. Like he's not the guy that you want to follow and like be, you know, have this story with. It's just not interesting. Yeah. He's supposed to be an everyman, like a Neo from the Matrix where the audience or the reader superimposes themselves onto the main character, which is why those characters are written to be not bland, but uh, just slightly devoid of, you mm-hmm. know, too many characteristics. Like they're not real unique people because the audience can be them. But that does not work in this case. It didn't work at all for me. Like yeah. I didn't give a shit about this guy at all. And you can have a bland character like that be, you know, the audience really gravitates towards because just look at Michael Myers. He doesn't talk. He doesn't have much like his presence is menacing and he has a lore about him. Uh, His origins just vague enough that people were like, yeah, that's fucking rad. Like, I Mm. like that guy. But this character, he didn't he didn't have anything like that. I mean, he's not a villain, but uh, it wouldn't have mattered if he was because people just didn't they don't care. He's boring. Yeah, I, he's not doing it on either end of the spectrum. He's not a he's not a villain, but he's not doing anything amazingly heroic either. Like even on a small scale, so there's not enough there. I don't think to even compare it to just something dude. like Michael Myers. Just a yeah, it's a dude has a gambling problem. Humanity, I get it. Whatever. But. I got the, <laughs> I got the feeling that uh, he was supposed to be like, um. I don't want to use the wrong term here, so let me find it real quick. Um, okay, yeah, I got the feeling that Mark Spitz was supposed to be like a uh, level one autism spectrum, which is what they use, what is uh, the proper term now for what they called Aspergers. Okay. I don't know if you guys felt that way at all. Maybe I'm just... Oh. That's okay. That was bound to happen. Is Asperger... We can't say Asperger's anymore. That's the thing. It's not It's not, not allowed. Did I learn um, that? I think that? South Park ruined that with the Asperger's episode where Cartman was hiding the burgers in his ass and then he was selling them. I mean, we were all, we were all <laughs> He's making his special spices with his farts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I, I don't really... Aside from that, I don't understand why it is a bad term. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. Okay. I just didn't want to... Oh, actually, I think I do have the answer to that. Uh, I could be completely wrong, but I'm pretty sure the guy it's named after, Asperger, was like a Nazi or something. Oh, really? No. Oh, okay. I want to say that there was like, I've, I've heard that. That's pretty crazy. That's a good enough reason. That is. Yeah. That so they like, fucked Nazis. Yeah. I mean, I can agree. Fine. That's yeah. Fuck whatever. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be my disorder to be named after a Nazi. <laughs> no. But yeah, I got the feeling he was kind of that way, like high, really high Maybe. functioning, but awkward and Maybe, like yeah. just, you know, uh, like a normal guy, but yeah. with his quirks. Um, which then you throw P A S D on top of it. Yeah. You know, I get it. Yeah. And I, I have a point about that. I'm making a little bit later, but, um, otherwise, like, I just don't really have that much to say about these guys. There's like that handful of characters in the, in the, uh, main crew that you see throughout the whole novel. But, you don't even see them that much because most of the novel is flashbacks, you know? Right. And then 
And then, like, the biggest part of the book to me is, like, wondering what the fuck his nickname has to do with anything. And, like, the fact that I have to read Mark Spitz that many times. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I can't. And, oh. I (laughs) got so many points. But. Uh, what was well, but before you go on? What was the fucking the joke supposed to be? Because Mark oh. Spitz, he's like a he's a famous swimmer. Yeah, and so I want to say he, uh, I think he was gay. Was that is that the joke or something? No, that had nothing to do with it. It was just uh, they were in like a zombie battle thing, and they got real serious, and people jumped off this bridge or something like that into water, and. Uh, Man, I can't remember exactly. It, was, it wasn't even that significant. Um, then Mark so was the, the last one to like do it. Michael Phelps's popularity. They go with Mark Spitz. <laughs> I don't know, but it definitely had to do. It had to do with the fact that he can't swim. Okay, it's so, ironic. I get it. Yeah, I, I, I did not pay attention enough to give a fuck. So yeah, it's like I think he like didn't want to jump in, but had to. Uh, I mean, he did something. I don't know. He also did some like heroic thing and. Like and then he decided he had to jump in. The, I don't know something. It, it, it was glossed over. I didn't and, care. And, yeah, like I mean, yeah. it was a, it was kind of a significant point. He was kind of just telling the story. It wasn't even like, like they didn't. He didn't show it. He definitely he had Mark Spitz telling his friend Gary the story. So it, I mean, it, it it just didn't come off very well, and uh, and I actually have a quote here from part of that. It was like the end of it. He. Um, so it says if he'd been able to explain the, the extent of what was happening in his brain that day, they nicknamed him Mark Spitz, the host of manic overlapping processes. Perhaps he'd have earned a different moniker, one suitable for the completely bloodless processes inside him. And then Mark says to Gary, I was finally complete in a way. And Gary says, not following. And I immediately thought, me either, ever. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's pretty bad. It's like he took the <laughs> analytical. Yeah, yeah. I'm fucking know. bored right now. <laughs> it's, 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 it's like he Colson Whitehead took the analytical nonsense of David Foster Wallace and tried to put it into a zombie story. So it's like you're supposed to read it and not care about what's happening. Why would you write a zombie story like that? I don't understand. And actually, I was thinking about I, I was thinking a similar thing, but I was actually thinking this is how I felt when I was reading The Sound of the Fury. Really? It's like it's like this is how I felt. Although when I was reading Sound and the Fury, I could tell there was meaning there, even though I'm not getting all of it. With this, I was like, I can tell there's no meaning here, and <laughs> it doesn't matter. So it was. I mean, I'm sure there is, and I'm sure there's stuff that I didn't pick on, pick up on that he wanted to wanted people to. But you're distracted by just the writing and the flat characters and the you know the the lack of story right yeah this gave me terrible flashbacks of uh blood meridian where (laughs) it's like you had one of the most violent books ever written but everything is so mundane and glossed over that you don't care it's like why is this supposed to be so good if i can read all these atrocities and not have any feelings towards them so if there's a zombie apocalypse i should have some kind of feelings towards the people i think a lot of that might have had to do with 
the framing devices of like it's written in flashbacks a lot so we're not in the present that much when that's where all the danger is not in the past i mean yeah the apocalypse is coming and you know you can talk about that in the past all you want but it already happened so the reader knows that the zombie apocalypse happened and everybody dies pretty much so it's like not exciting yeah and uh, so I had I had like a theory about that. Um, do you have anything, Zach? Nothing to add. All right. yeah, you guys covered that pretty well. <laughs> so I have my, my next little thing is about flash packs and the PASD. So, which is the post-apocalyptic stress disorder that uh, Colson Whitehead emphasizes all throughout the book. So I was thinking, like maybe. Maybe this story is about is is maybe it's just not about what's going on right now, in like the present day in the book. Right, I was kind of thinking that too. Like, what if it's not really a zombie story? It's just uh, like mental. Yeah, and I mean, to me, it's like obviously. Yeah. Like anybody who writes a zombie story, they're making a, a point about something else. Uh, I th- I mean, should maybe. I guess not. I think people who write zombie stories. So, like, not necessarily all the movies and stuff, but, like, you know, The Walking Dead is not, like, like we talked about earlier, it's it's about society. It's not about the zombies. Right. So, I think Colson Whitehead is just doing kind of the same thing, and he's probably responding to The Walking Dead, too, because The Walking Dead came before this, no? Yeah. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, he's doing his own Walking Dead, really. Um, and so, I was just thinking, like, I think he's probably making some kind of like, I do think he's making some kind of racial commentary that I don't quite know enough to talk about, so I'm not going to. But uh, I think, I think it's just also about mental health because the whole thing is about PASD, and Mark can't stay in the present, you know. And I feel like I know a little bit about that, about like you know PTSD. Um, I don't know anything about post-apocalyptic stress disorder, stress disorder, but, uh, I, and and when you have those, those struggles, you're kind of, you like get taken out of the world and like even just normal circumstances, normal goings on in your life, you, you get kind of sucked out and it kind of, it ruins those moments for you. And I think especially, probably especially in a world where like everything sucks, you're, uh, you're very even more easily pulled out and and like everybody in the book is like pining for things to go to be the way they used to be even though they never can be that way again um and it's just like about losing yourself in that and how everything is just gray and bleak and you don't even want to attach to anybody in uh, in your world on the high chance of losing them to a you know a zombie attack or whatever. Um, yeah, I just uh, I got the the feeling that it really that was really the point of him not letting anything actually uh, be fleshed out in the present of the of the story. And not fleshing, even fleshing out the characters. If that makes sense. What do you think? It does make sense. But it sucks to read. Yes. 
it was not executed well. Uh, right. Whatever his intentions were, they did not succeed. Unless you read all the reviews of people who love it, but when you read those, it's almost it, it, they read like they were paid for. <laughs> yeah, like a lot of especially when they're on people's uh, like different websites and stuff. It's like, did they pay for this? Or are they trying to get some kind of, uh, you know? viewership or something toward like a readership to go to them because they praise this book that sucks i gotta understand what they were trying to do uh because if you look at real reviews from real real readers like on goodreads a lot of them are like this is fucking terrible <laughs> yeah i mean like even if what i just said is accurate if that's what he intended it doesn't matter because i can enjoy that theory about it coming out of my mouth and hearing myself say it <laughs> but I can't enjoy the book because it doesn't immediately come off that way and it and regardless it's still a drag and that's just unfortunate but you know I guess that's what happens when you uh just swing and miss yeah and like I said earlier, it's just like no matter what happens, no matter what device or metaphor he's making, like the story to me just isn't there. Like I just yeah. I don't care no matter how good it is, you know, how good everything around it is. If the core of it is not intriguing, I'm not going to be intrigued. You know, I have a proposition for you guys to think about, though, in response to that real quick. Do you want to fix that? Yeah. His flag thing fell down while we were talking. And... I noticed, like, when I got up, I noticed my ring light, the corner of it, was in my camera. <laughs> oh, awesome. It just, the, just like the corner of my view, but still, that's why I got up. I think that originally, Colson Whitehead didn't write this as a novel. I think this story was originally about... Uh, Mark's relationship with Mim. Do you remember Mim? Yeah. Do you remember Mim? Not at all. It's a flash. It's all so, flashback, right? That we. Get yeah. Mim. Well, the yeah, it was a flashback, but it was a flashback to an earlier point in the apocalypse. Yeah. So um, flashback. Yeah. So, uh, I guess in the present day, it's it's the last three days before the uh. Uh, where they got the stragglers like kind of wake up, get aggressive, and with the skulls they go and like destroy the barrier that blocks off Zone One and keeps them all safe. Um, and then they all—it's like a war between the zombies and the people, and they—you uh, know—it's it's like the actual end of the world, basically. Um, so that—that's the last three days. Those are the present moments in the story. One of these flashbacks is to earlier on in the in the apocalypse and um mark meets this woman named mim and they are just holed up in this toy store for i think like months maybe and it's actually and you get like a little bit of it at one point and then eventually towards like page like 275 or something like that um it really opens up and elaborates on this relationship and i i oh man flag fell down again it's death can't keep it up <laughs> um and i actually yeah are you gonna fix it do you want me to i don't know exactly what word i left off on but 
Mark is holed up with this woman named Mim in this toy store, and um, it, it's finally the point where I started enjoying the book, and uh, it's it's just like it's just a relationship moment. <laughs> um, this fucking flag. Just forget it. It's fine. I, you guys will have to watch uh, Zach's camera, and you can see pictures, uh, instant camera camera pictures of uh, uh, me and my wife and camping and drunk. So sorry, but uh, that's just uh, it's cool though. Uh, yeah, get yeah. it together, Bryce. Yeah. Well, nobody said this would be perfect. I'm. I want to. I'm trying my very it, best. I want to hear about Mim. All right, here's Mim. So, Mark and Mim, Mim in a toy store. It's a relationship. They actually start like falling in love and stuff. Yeah, it's a nice part. And you really start to like it. It's unique. Um, that special artistic I, love. Yeah, and that's where I was going with this because <laughs> it actually it actually makes sure. it unique. Like, have you heard of a, of a zombie story with someone who has, you know, who's a little autistic, falls in love? And in a toy store. My life, yeah. An autobiography, actually. <laughs> and they hold this whole relationship in the toy store while also dealing with PASD. <laughs> it, there's a lot of it's mental health stuff life, going yeah. on here. And um, and I just think, I think this is what he wrote first. This part is written differently. It's like in, uh, uh, oh, it's like how people say, or I think it's true that J.K. Rowling wrote the end of Harry Potter first or something like that. Yeah. Like the last that. chapter or something like that. Yeah, and then she wrote the rest. Yeah. Um, it feels like that. Like he wrote this small, maybe he made it a short story. And then someone was like, dude, make a novel out of this. Mm-hmm. Or someone told him to do it because he, he would, it would, he would sell it as a, as a novel and make like profit off of it better. Um, and if you only read this part of the story like as it stands, when you get to that part, you actually feel something as opposed to the rest of the, the book when uh, or the rest of the book where you don't really feel much of anything. You just feel like he's really trying to get this thing going and can't. Um, so I just really feel like he wrote the rest of the book around this this part of the story, because as most people know, you can't just write. A love story anymore and people do and sometimes it works but mostly it's a cliche thing so if you're going to have a love story you have to have you have to have the story be about something else for it to sell you know so i don't know what do you think i mean that makes sense i don't even remember if i read that part how far along no, was i don't that? you wouldn't have it was late in the story Okay, yeah, so I missed the only good part of the whole book, I guess, but um I mean that that makes it a more interesting story in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like you have a little bit of a love story. And zombie love stories aren't anything new either. Like there's a movie Warm Bodies which took yeah, yeah. an interesting take, like, you know, the zombie becomes more sentient again. Um yeah. now that made me I actually just gave me a great idea. I'm gonna write an autistic zombie movie now. So <laughs> all the zombies are autistic and <laughs> They're very picky about which brains they eat and which flesh they consume. Um, there's still zombie stories that could be told, uh, but they might offend people. And for some reason, like you said, 
love stories offend people now. They don't want to. Yeah. They don't want them, especially in their zombie fiction. And especially it's a comedy. Especially if it's, I mean, just in all honesty, especially not not to offend anybody, just especially if it's just like a standard love, like just heterosexual. It's just it doesn't sell as well anymore. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So yeah, I like I I was thinking like I would if I rewrote this. I would rewrite it as a novella, maybe. Uh, I think it would be... I think there's too much there for it to just be a short story, I think. Because it was interesting. Like, I got to that part, and I was like, wow. Like, I, I'm actually wanting to to get to the next page and uh, hear more about them. And then what happens is uh, Mim goes off to, to on, like, a... I don't know what you call it. I don't know, like a milk run and yeah, a little, uh, little errand run. Yeah, and then she never comes back. Yeah, and then he's Which just. I like, like well, that fuck. too because like that's sad, but like, hey, it is what it is. Type yeah, type just depression. Like yeah. fuck, and yeah. that's fine. I like that. that's fine yeah. if they if they if he made that the story. Right. That actually hits upon what I think is wrong with a lot of contemporary fiction, and this might be a bit of a digression from the book, but it seems a lot of modern fiction is written so it can't be the classic tropes or, you know, everything has to be unique or told in a different Mm -hmm. way. And then obviously you're going to get a lot of failures out of that when you try new things. So this story, he tried to do something different uh, because he can't tell a love story, just a straight love story because that's been told a million times. So we have to do something different. And most contemporary fiction seems to go that route where the story ends up suffering. And then you get these books that are, like Zach's problem was mainly that it's a non-story. There's not much there to sink your teeth into, and there's nothing below the surface really free to dig up. So it's like, what am I reading this for? Just the prose, but that's what a lot of fiction is now. It's just the prose, and then like the surface level story that doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah, that's what it is. I agree, and it sucks. It, yeah, I don't know. I have nothing to add to that because that's just true. I- <laughs> it is just true. Dropping facts. <laughs> So, at this point in the game, do zombies matter anymore? I don't think. I... Truly. They could. Yeah. I mean, you have to look at why we think... Why were people fascinated with zombies to begin with? Like, why did George Romero take off with these zombie stories? It's because, you know, it's it touches on, like, the base fear of that people have is one... You're not in control of yourself anymore. Two, rotting whilst, you know, quote unquote, alive or unalive. And like, I think it was, uh, was it Night of the Living Dead 2 or 3? The Return of the Living Dead, where, I mean, it's pretty funny when you watch it because it's, I mean, it looks cool, but it's stupid. Is when they're examining the one zombie and they're asking her about, like, you know, what is it like to be a zombie? Uh, th- th- I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> But she's like, oh, I can feel myself rot. It hurts. And you're like, holy fuck, that would be a nightmare. Imagine <laughs> being the living dead. It would be horrible. Right. That's like the scariest part of that movie. When you learn. It really is. Because it actually, like, that yeah. was like the one part that really made you think. Yeah. You're like, oh, like, oh shit, that would be terrible. But even so, George Romero's movies, they were all just a commentary. Like Dawn of the Dead's a commentary on consumerism takes place in the mall. where all sheep, zombies walking around mindlessly buying and eating and all that shit. And you know, Day of the Dead's more military focused. Night of the Living Dead's racial and societal. That makes them good. But like, they've been done so much. Yeah. It's that. And then there's a bunch of things trying to be like that. 
And, you know, I Am Legend's a good one, but, like, you know, the, like something like this doesn't hold a candle to any of those things. Yeah. And I like, I love Dawn of the Dead in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I, I feel, I, 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 I pulled Dawn of the Dead out, out of Zone 1 a lot, in my opinion. I think it's kind of a lot of the same thing, like, how he talks about, um, I mean, Dawn of the Dead is consumerism because these people die, they come back as zombies, and they just hoard to this mall, and they're just like pretending, or they're they're going through the motions of shopping because that's all they did in life. And uh, and then I, I felt very similar in Zone One when he's talking about the stragglers or whatever, and uh, how they just seem like they're going about their most prominent routine in their mind. And it's the it's the same exact thing. Right. It's just not exactly about consumerism in this case. Um, but yeah, I mean, I the only thing for me, I don't know. I just don't know if anybody can can do it right now. Anyway, I, in a, in a unique way that's gonna do that's gonna do its job and be effective. I think. Um, I think there are always philosophical uh, questions that arise out of things like that. Like, I mean, you know, I I just think how I was talking about supernatural stories at the beginning of last episode, it's kind of the same thing to me. It makes you think about death. Uh, It makes you question whether you're living life to your fullest because death's around the corner. And if you're going to turn into a zombie... And you're going to represent basically your most prominent mind routines. Mm-hmm. Are you doing? Are you doing life correctly right now? You know. Um, Would you be proud of yourself as a zombie? Or uh, not? That's what I was going to yeah, say. Right, are we yeah. being the people we want to be remembered as? Right. Yeah. And uh, you know, are, or are we just mindlessly wandering the earth and inadvertently eating away at uh, everything we come into contact with, right. like just like poisoning every every aspect of our of our existence? Because some people do that, but is what I enjoyed about the uh, like the class system of this novel zombies. Like, there's the mean ones, and then there's the yeah. ones that are doing their thing. Is like you're gonna let that get the best of you and just be a primitive, just hunger, you know, void you can't fill. Just be a like a rabid savage, or are you just gonna be cool and do your thing? Yeah, you know. So that part that's cool. You know, but playing yeah. humanity on the undead was cool. Um, I appreciate that, but. Like we said, just wasn't done the best way. Mm-hmm. Resident Evil's way cooler. Oh so yeah, just watch the Resident Evil movies. Mm, let's talk about Resident Evil. Let's do that. Did this compare at all? Like a- <laughs> not even a little bit. I feel like. <laughs> uh, I mean, obviously, it's the same uh, theme. Like, yeah, post-apocalypse zombies. Uh, people are being like militant, taking them out. You don't really get, you actually do get patient zero in this book eventually, but it's not very interesting. Mm-hmm. It's actually an int- It's a thing that could be. It could have been interesting, and they he doesn't go into it. Mm-hmm. Of course. <laughs> yeah, he like right. Why would you do that? So like, there the one character Caitlin that's that's throughout the present day part of the book. Um, she was on a train, and they locked the train down. Because someone was infected with something and they, 
or uh, and 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 I think uh, didn't someone say he was, it wasn't someone on the train about to like leak some virus or something like that, right? But then you don't really get any any reason like about it. why that happened, right? And I mean, I guess that's part of the part of the horror of it, as you right. don't really know. And I guess that's just perspective. Just realistic. If, uh, if these are the characters he's giving us, right. and she's only observing, then there is no other information. That would be the reality of, like, if this happened, you wouldn't find out. Right. You would most likely die before you right. got the answers. Um, or hear a bunch of theories. And that's yeah, it, right? exactly. So, I mean, I guess I, I guess I appreciate that. But in terms of storytelling, it is kind of disappointing. Mm-hmm. But just... Resident Evil voodoo zombies anyway. Like we don't need medical or viruses to bring back from the dead. They could just be under control of the Dark Lord or something. Like that's way <laughs> co- that'd be way cooler. Yeah, seriously. And all that stuff, all all the uh, all the poisonous man-made infection crap. Uh, you know, it's too it hits too close to home now. I think with uh, yeah, I mean with one of the theories of COVID being that some, that it's man-made. I don't know if that was confirmed or not, but, um, but you know, you read that stuff and it's just kind of like, it's, it's, it's actually an interesting thing that it's like that now that it's like, ugh, I just don't want to read this anymore. Yeah. I don't want to hear about this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that, but the same on that same token, we can still play Resident Evil, and it's the same thing. And yeah, it's fun. Resident Evil's fun. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't take itself too seriously. I think that's the, that's a point too. True, you know. I'm surprised nobody's done an AI zombie story where AI infects people somehow. I'm I'm sure it's somewhat been works. done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's that new AI movie coming out. There might be out. I don't know what it's about entirely, but it looks like creepy. Not not literally creepy, just like in terms of the future. Mm. It looks yeah, very foreboding. Um, do you want to talk ridiculous things in this book? Like even even like the most ridiculous things in the book. We haven't even touched them yet. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Ridiculousness. Do you guys have any? Do you want me to just run down my list? Run it down, man. All right. Number one, anticipant. Remember anticipant? Yeah. You remember what the fuck anticipant? does that mean? Anticipant is the uh, pill that they have, they created where uh, as soon as you get bit, you can take it, and it's supposed to take care of uh, the virus in your body quickly. Ridiculous. So you know there's one guy out there that takes like 50 of those pills, and then he goes out there and does improper things with the zombies. Using his apparatus. Probably. Fortunately, he didn't explore that one, but... (laughs) I wish he would have. I would have read the book more. Yeah, I'm sure he would have. The erotic reimagining of uh, Zone 1. What's that book? Uh, 9,000 Days of Sodom. 180 Days, I think. Yeah, Yeah. your favorite book. Hey, I've only read excerpts of that. I've not read the book yet. I can't wait to finally get to it because it is fucking gross. Have you seen the movie? <laughs> I have. That's what made me buy the book. I like I Jeffrey Rush. He's a good actor. Yeah, it's good shit. The movie's great. It's well written. It's just the book is uh, it's yucky. Yeah, they do yucky things. I can imagine. 
Is it supposed to be worse than the movie? Oh, way worse because they, it, they they get away get, with whatever. It's not as descriptive, probably, because it was written in what like Victorian times or something. So it can't be. Is it that uh, old? I don't know. The language in the translation I got was actually pretty fucking harsh. So I think it it is gonna be pretty gross. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, let me know how that is. All right. Bite proof mesh clothes. Yeah. Why is that ridiculous? Yeah, I mean, you been to any goth clubs? No. <laughs> <laughs> They well, got all kinds of stab-proof clothes, and why wouldn't they be bite-proof? I mean, the way I read it, it just seemed stupid. I mean... You could just wear, like, chain mail. Yeah, yeah but they don't. It'd be I, way harder, yeah. It's like a modern version of that, I just basically. feel like it, it, if it's bite-proof, fine, but you're still going to get hurt. And he does. And it... I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it just... Maybe I was just anticipating ridiculous things the whole entire time and I just wanted to find more things to hate but it, what if you covered yourself in that yuck spray people use to keep their dogs and cats from chewing on furniture that work I don't think a zombie is going to care about yuck spray <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they can taste anymore yeah uh, alright well then screw that one uh, name that blood stain <laughs> <laughs> that's actually kind of fun though <laughs> did you did you get to that part no I did not uh they they play a game now and then where they see blood stains on the walls and they try to kind of like figure out reverse trace the footsteps of how the stain got there type thing right or guess how or what it's from maybe i i don't even remember actually it just it was a game they were playing and it just seemed too jokey for what it yeah. what the story was. and uh i mean honestly if you didn't say that, I, now I'm second guessing myself. I was gonna say it was like a, like a, a game where like when you're looking in the clouds and you're trying to, okay, imagine like, what it. Right. I played is. that game when I was in downtown Cleveland a couple times. The, the blood stain, not the cloud one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we did too. <laughs> Name that fluid. <laughs> um. Oh, <laughs> here's a good one. Not mentioning the main character is black until the last 30 pages. Yeah. I didn't even think about that, actually. And, like, on one hand, it doesn't matter. Well, if he's making some sort of racial commentary, which we're assuming he is. But then why wait so long? Yeah. You know what's fucked up? I didn't even get to the end, and it wasn't described at all in anything I've read, but I immediately assumed, because it was a Colson Whitehead book, that the main character was black. Like, I just said, that was my vision of him the whole time, even though they tried to throw you off with the Mark Spitz stuff. Yeah, I did that's what I, he would have had a really cool mustache, but I was like, that's <laughs> it, I'll be a black guy. See, I, I don't know why I felt that way. I wasn't sure. I, I, it crossed my mind, like, because he's black, but, but was it? Does it matter though? Like at the it end, does, it, I don't think. I don't it think up? it really does, uh, unless yeah. it just goes in line with his with like whatever, like might, yeah. like uh, yeah, like uh, I'd be interested to hear what he says about it. Yeah, yeah. me but, too. It, yeah, if he has like a purpose for waiting that out, I don't know. It, like honestly, I did. I don't know. I it it didn't surprise me. It makes the nickname funnier because it does, the stereotype yeah. that black people can't swim. But again, like I thought he was white because they nicknamed him that. Yeah. So I that was what was confusing. It is weird. Yeah. But and then it doesn't. Then it doesn't matter. It doesn't. That's it, the, ultimately, the thing is, it doesn't really matter. It Doesn't change the story. So I, it was like, why mention it at all? I don't know. I would like to hear what he says because I don't. I don't fully. 
Yeah. Get it. But, um, and then my last thing was just the ending happened so, so fast. And the final line was extremely corny. And because the ending, like I started to mention earlier, is basically just the zombies break down the zone one barrier and uh, they start. There's like a, you know, they're, they're shooting at them. The zombies are getting in there. These people are escaping or driving away. People are dying left and right. But this all happens in like, man, like 20 pages. And then <laughs> Caleb just read, just read the last final line. line. It is fucking terrible. <laughs> read it. <laughs> read so it. Re- read it on, on air. Fuck it, he thought. <laughs> you have to learn how to swim sometime. He opened the door and walked into the sea of the dead. Oh, <sighs> shit. Fuck off with that shitty metaphor. They <laughs> 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 can end the book that way. Uh, That's like him trying to, you know, okay, I'm really going to go in with zombie stuff. I'm going to get the zombie crowd back with this one. Like, that no, that, that was lame. Yeah, that says it all. Yeah, yeah. I will maybe I'll try to read Underground Railroad, but I. I mean, it's supposed to be really good. It won the Pulitzer Prize. I hope it doesn't be, reek of pretension like this book did. Yeah. So. Yeah, did you ever read World War Z? I have not, but I did not know that that. Uh, that was Max. Um, oh, why the fuck can't I remember his name? Oh, um, um oh man, Brooks. The fuck was the, the yeah? His dad is. Uh, oh, not. Hold on. Yeah. Oh God. So, I can't believe I forgot. I was donating. Max pla- Brooks. It's Mel Brooks's son. I was like, I didn't know he wrote that. I didn't know Max. I just listened yeah. to a podcast he I, was on. I think it was. Uh, was it the Art of Manliness? Maybe. Um, I don't remember what podcast he was on, but it was like I didn't know Max Brooks was Mel Brooks' son, and I didn't know he wrote World War Z. Yeah, I was just donating at uh, I was donating plasma, and the the guy that was cleaning me up, he was, um, he saw that I was reading Zone One, and I was telling him about it, and he was like, "Oh, read, read World War Z. That's like that's the one you want to read." And he he explained that to me that he was Mel Brooks' son. I was like, "No way! Like, how does no how has nobody told me I've that? Never known that." Yeah, he also wrote that. a zombie survival guy. Oh really? Yeah. What it, that sounds familiar, but I don't know what it is. Uh, it came out, and apparently the marketing was terrible for it. Like they marketed it as like uh, uh, the opposite of whatever it was. I don't, I don't think it was supposed to be funny, and they marketed it as funny. I might be wrong, but basically it was like, oh, Mel Brooks's kid, ah, you know, <laughs> yuck it up. And then it was like, just fu- they just fucking butchered the marketing. But apparently it did. Uh, I think have a resurgence, and now it has kind of a cult following. Oh, nice. Cool. No idea. Well, Learning. I will read another Colson Whitehead book. Uh, well, probably that one, the Underground Railroad, because yep. it's won the Pulitzer Prize, I'd and like people do say good things about him. And I, I mean, you can tell, you can tell he has it. And I mean, I'm Pulitzer Prize aside, you can tell he has it in him to be a good writer. It's he, there. He, it's not like he can't write. It's just. This story was kind of just like an amalgam of too many different things, and the you know the cleverness was at the wrong times, kind of just cheesy a little bit. Mm-hmm. Eh. Uh, overall, play Resident Evil. Definitely. <laughs> and listen to Kiss. Oh yeah, listen to Kiss. All right, everybody, are you ready for another edition of Top Five Times?
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was sorry. I was going through Whitehead's bibliography here, trying to figure out what his first books were. He actually had one in 1999 called The Institutionist, hmm. and he had one in 2009 called Sag Harbor. So at least two that came out before that, but I do, never heard of either of them. Do you know if he, like, when when his like first like real breakout one was? Um. Well, the Underground Railroad was 2016. I heard of Nickel Boys. That was 2019. It had to have been Underground Railroad because hmm. that seems to be the next one after Zone 1, which obviously didn't sell very well if it took five years for the next book to come out, unless it hmm. just took a long time to write it. But Yeah. Uh, and he also has a book called Harlem Shuffle that came out 2021. That was another one I was interested in reading, but like this really soured me on him. But since it was such an early book, I'm not going to hold it against him. It's like you said, the dude can write. He's yeah. a good writer. You could tell that. Is he a good storyteller? That's what I need to find out. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's it. Top All five right. times. Top five times. Top five. I should get a jingle for top five times. For sure. Once in the it bathroom of clever. a Walmart. Once in the bathroom of a... Wait, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> top five times of what, Bryce? Oh, the things that I think of. Uh, all right, number one. Shortest book it took you forever to read. I'm going to go ahead and guess yours was this or Sound and the Fury. Actually, it's not either of those. Ooh. But I'll go last. Okay, well, I'll go first. My answer was a real slog, and it was definitely one of the shorter books I've read. Um, Heart of Darkness by Joseph Conrad. I just couldn't get through that fucking book, and it is it might even be a novella. It's very short, but it's very verbose <laughs> and racist and fucking shitty. I was like, God oh, damn it. But it's one of those books everyone should read because it's the best. And I was like, yeah. Really? Huh. What, what's not. he well known for? I can't think. Heart of Darkness. Oh, really? His name I sounds believe. familiar, but I can't, but it, that doesn't sound, that doesn't sound familiar. After researching him, after I read that book, uh, English was like his fourth or fifth language. So that made me feel a little worse about myself as a writer. And also, <laughs> uh, you know, give him some slack because I'm like, oh, he has this vocabulary and diction as a guy who speaks like four other languages before English. <laughs> <laughs> about you? Mine might have been this one, uh, honestly. <laughs> um, but one that particularly stands out, I don't think it's necessarily too short, but early on in my life when I was trying to read classic books, I made it to Huck Finn, and mm -hmm. that took me a really long time. You know, just not being used to like that kind of style like the classic yeah. literature and the dialects and everything i think it's only like 350 some pages but yeah it took me forever to read that fucking book that's a good one too but i don't think i read it myself i think they read it to us and actually like in one of my like i don't think it was ap lit or ap english but it was like i think it was my like junior year of high school english yeah. i think they read it to us we'd yeah, we did it to junior year, but it was we didn't like finish the book or read it. Okay. Like we uh, just picked out parts of it and basically we like summarized it kind okay. of thing. We didn't read it, so yeah. I, I, I actually read, read Huck Finn either this year or last year, and I really enjoyed it. But I find with a lot of those books when you read them as an adult versus when you were in high school or middle yeah. school, it's way better. Of course. Like you're you're just more mature, and you should be reading it as an adult. Of course. Yeah, I'd like to read that as an adult. I. <laughs> There's a lot of funny shit in that book. Yeah, I it's great. I haven't read Tom Sawyer either, but I I'm I'm certain that would be hilarious. You're mm -hmm. supposed to read Tom Sawyer first. Well, I didn't have a choice. I I 
I wasn't going to read either of them. I they just read it. We just did Huck Finn in, <laughs> in my English class. Uh, okay. Uh, oh, mine was, I didn't do me yet. Mine was The Martian Chronicles by Ray Bradbury. I enjoyed that book. It just took me. I, I I was reading it in high school. I would I would keep it in my locker. I'd take it with me to every class, and I would never open it. <laughs> and then I I don't even think I took it home. I don't remember. I just assumed that I would always have time in classes to read it, and I just never opened it. Um, eventually, I finally read it though, and it's one of my favorite Ray Bradbury books now. I love it. <laughs> it just, I haven't read that one yet. Oh, it's so good. It's, um, I don't think, I think I like it better than the illustrated man. Um, it's really good. There's a lot of good ones in that one. It's a bunch of short stories. He, I think he calls it a novel, but it, it's short stories. He's the shit. Can I expand yeah. on your question real quick? Okay. Instead of just shortest book, what was the long, what book just took you the longest to finish? Doesn't matter the length of the book. Oh. Just what took the longest or the most amount of time? Uh, I have two. My first one uh, was Moby Dick. Mm. I just re- like I loved it for I don't know three hundred pages or something, and then I just hit that fucking nautical nonsense, and I just dropped out of the book, and it took forever. And then, as you know, Bryce, my most recent one was Alan Moore's Jerusalem. That yeah. took me <laughs> technically like five years because I started reading it like five or six years ago. And then finally sat down over the last year. I was like, I'm going to read this fucking thing. And it still took me like, what, five months or something? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. It's ridiculous. Wow. Dude, I don't even know. Do you know? know? The Bible. I, I still I still haven't <laughs> finished it. <laughs> uh, that's one of them. Uh, Huck Finn, for sure. Uh, nonfiction books, when I like want to like research it, I find that I, that's more dry for me. And it takes yeah. me a long time to get through a nonfiction book. Mm. Um but no, I'm pretty addicted to reading, so I make it happen pretty fast, usually. I can't even think. Like, because I read Moby Dick was one of the hardest ones I ever had to get through. But, uh, but I, yeah. I mean, I voluntarily read it. And I still read it in a summer, I think, at least. I don't know. Uh, the only other thing I can think is that I started Harry Potter uh, Order of the Phoenix. <laughs> and, uh,. And then I didn't pick it back up until like I don't even know. Probably like I I probably didn't finish it until like last year when I read all of them again. Um, but I don't think that classifies as like I don't think that falls under the same thing as like me trying to read a book and not being able to finish it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I don't have a good answer for that one. I guess you've made this top six times, Boom. Caleb. I expanded on the question. I didn't make it top six times. All right. Um, What's the flashback you experience most often in real life? Either something traumatic or something cringy and embarrassing. Um, I never really have like flashbacks. I mean, I've had traumatic things happen, especially injuries, but I do a good job of blocking those out. Um, one time, not a couple years ago, I was benching like 290 pounds and it dropped on my neck. Fuck That's yeah. That was kind of, but when I bench, I don't think about that anymore. But there was a couple months there where I was like, ah, oh, shit, because like, was, it was just scary because I could have died. But I, I, I was relatively uninjured, thank God. Were you by yourself? Uh, yeah, I, I didn't have a spot or anything. Yeah. No, there's, and I, I go to an old school powerlifting gym, so 
at that time we just have really really old benches so yeah. they didn't have safety bars or anything true and i was just by myself and what happened was my wrist just rolled and the weight fell on my mm. neck I was like, damn it guillotine it left a big press. like ring and looked like somebody fucking got a rope and was strangling me <laughs> well don't you ever don't you ever have those things where you like it's like something just pops into your head about something really fucking stupid you did like 50 years ago and the only one of those that ever comes to me it still bothers me and i don't know why at the old gym i went to i used to play basketball and i remember one night i was driving to the gym and i was on the road and right when i was going to take a left to the gym and it was nighttime there was a car that was coming on and it looked like they flashed their lights for me to go like they were being nice so i just went and it turned out i just cut them off and they fucking followed me into the parking lot and then the guy rolls up and i was like god damn it so i had to get out and i go up and he's like what the fuck you do that for it's like i thought you were flashing your lights at me he's like well, no and but then he drove away so now i'm thinking maybe he did flash his light on accident or he just didn't know because it definitely looked like he did but that's one of those ones that still irritates me because it's like <laughs> i just kind of want to punch him like i, I kind of <laughs> wish i punched him just for the uh, audacity <laughs> to be that dumb like you're being dumb and then you're blaming me for your dumbness right fucking people what about you i wish i had a fantastic answer for you but i i'm I do my best to block out shit that happens to me too and just move forward. I, I should. That that made me reflect that like maybe I shouldn't do that so much because then I'd actually have flashbacks that aren't just like PTSD induced. Like, yeah. oh my God. Fuck. Right. Yeah. Other than that, no, I don't really. <laughs> I should maybe call upon memories that make me happy and move forward. Yeah. You know, but I don't do That's that. a nice thing to do for yourself. Yeah. Why are fl- fl- flashbacks have the connotation that they usually are bad or something? You know, or, yeah, yeah, I guess so. But, do you have a bet? You don't have a, or do you want to? You want to say? <laughs> probably not worth it. Probably nothing. No, nothing. Nothing that great, honestly. <laughs> no. All right, that's fine. <laughs> um, mine is when I was in college, and my brother got me really into watching the show The League. You watch that? No. What is it? The The League. Uh, I've seen clips. It's, it looked pretty funny. It's hilarious, it. and. Basically, the premise of that show is that they all are in a fancy football league together, but and but they all hang out all the time. They're all friends, and it's just funny. Um, so I was watching the league at that point in time, and I was in college in my dorm room. Uh, but it, we were in like an apartment, so like I had my own room, and uh, I had a couple roommates who had their own rooms, and then we shared like the living room, the kitchen, and shit. So, um, I got drunk one night. And uh, by myself, <laughs> I was just in my room and uh, I I started like pretending that I did fantasy football and uh, I couldn't think through what I wanted to do with my team. So I went to my roommates who I knew were like athletic and I and I was just like knocking on their door and I was like, I need help with my fantasy football team. And, uh, <laughs> and and I made him come into my room and try to help me with it. But all I had up on my computer was like Facebook. <laughs> and he was like, what do you, I don't know what you want me to do. I don't, I was like, I just don't know. Like, what, do, what should I, I don't know. I just felt like a fucking idiot. And that pops into my head, like more than anything. I swear to God. <laughs> How like, drunk were you? I I got drunk by myself pretty pretty hard, I, yeah. just because I wanted to. I don't you think will. I don't think because I was like depressed or anything. I just nothing else to do. 
So that's mine. Uh, <laughs> felt. <laughs> uh, the time you most felt like you could have done something better than the professional. Well, recently, actually, this just occurred. I finished reading for the DPW podcast, Becoming the Boogeyman by Richard Chismar. And while I really, really enjoyed the book and the storytelling was really fun and stuff, the actual writing, I felt like I could have just as easily wrote that book or Hmm. did a better job. And I normally don't feel like that too often when I read, you know, real writer's work. But in that case, I actually felt like I could have did better. Yeah, we could have read a better zombie apocalypse story than this one for sure. Yeah, definitely. That's crazy, though, because you really liked the other one, right? I like both of them. I really like that one too. I just it was just one of those instances. It's sometimes when you like read Stephen King too. So yeah. Sometimes you'll get a story where you're like I could do that. You know, it's like just the writing style itself is not anything did immaculate. You, did you feel that way about the first one? Uh, not really. But that one is a little more unique because mm. that one I went into it. I'm not going to spoil the book for anybody, but um, if you don't do any research on the book, there's a big surprise, and you're like, oh shit, I don't know if i would have been able to do that okay gotcha about you i think that's why i became a uh, personal trainer and wanted to make my own clothes like mm-hmm. i was just like yeah i think i could do a better job than what i see happening being in gym world and i think that's basically why i do what i do it's just all nice. you know yeah all anti-authoritarian just yeah, yeah I, I can do this oh yeah why don't i do it why don't I start a podcast? Because yeah. I'd be better than all these fucking nerds. <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> so that's yeah. a good answer, I guess. I mean, I mean, I didn't do it because I felt like I was gonna be better, but I, I think I'm good. I think I, I like it. But uh, <laughs> my answer is not a, not one of my best ones. But I just all the time, every day at any job I've ever worked at. Um, yeah, I I don't care to go into detail but just man starbucks my current job where i audit expenses just man those um or writing this book i yeah valid dude that's why reading bad books are important yeah i don't know if i could i I still don't know if i could write a novel but i definitely think like i mean i said earlier i think i know how i can make this book better by making it shorter and more about one thing. Okay. A place you'd most want to be when the apocalypse happens, knowing that you'll have to destroy all the people around you who turn turn into zombies. Hmm. I mean, if money wasn't an option, I'd probably just get like a cabin in fucking the woods of Maine or something like that. But if it's just my current state, the apocalypse broke out now, I would probably just go to my brother who lives out in the country and just, you know, fucking stock up there. Uh, it's about the most sensible thing I could think of. And my current place wouldn't be too bad because all my neighbors are elderly and I could take them out pretty quick. But I do live on the outskirts of the town, so the people could, you know, the zombies <laughs> could come my way. And my house isn't, like, fortified, you know. There's a few entrances. <laughs> I could take them out pretty quick. <laughs> oh, yeah, I could fucking, I don't matter if they're zombies or not, I'm kneecapping them. <laughs> Uh, the place in the world that I've enjoyed the most in my life is probably New Orleans and I think Mm. that's be a very cool place for a zombie apocalypse to happen to see it from (laughs) and I think they would they would just be a different vibe I think I would pick New Orleans for the zombie apocalypse and if I had to kill a few people okay you know I know I know some spots that are high up 
in that low place i can snipe them and shit nice yeah i'd be very i'd I'd like to i'd probably just play the part of a zombie and see if i can blend in like Shaun of the dead and just like get hammered and walk around that's what i would do for the zombie apocalypse sick yeah i want to go to new orleans it's fucking awesome yeah yeah um i think i mean i i if i had a place to go to like your brothers in the middle you know in the in the woods it sounds like i wouldn't do that but i said uh probably just in my hometown because it's it's small and i think it would give me a better chance of survival than being here in pittsburgh in the city amongst like a shit ton of people um but i would also want all my family at home with me so you can kill them when they turn into zombies yeah that'll satisfy some i want to be me yeah if they're gonna die it's gonna be by my hand by my hand yeah for sure. I thought about that, too. It's like, maybe I want to be home so I can shoot everybody once they become <laughs> infected, but no. <laughs> Top Halloween night. I don't really have a good answer for this one. I've had a couple Halloween parties that were really fun, but I don't know if that was... I can't remember if they were actually on Halloween. Usually Halloween is like during the week or something, and the party that you have never coincides with that. It's usually on the weekend. Uh but I do have some fond memories of trick-or-treating when I was young uh, with my buddies and just the nostalgia overload of that I always enjoy. So mm-hmm. I definitely had a few Halloweens that I really like just from that perspective. I have two answers tied because they're on opposite ends of the spectrum of like enjoyment. Uh, one is uh, I went to see the Wu-Tang Clan on Halloween oh, cool. at, oh, at, fucking lucky dog. at Red Rock <laughs> Amphitheater in uh, fucking uh, Colorado. Oh. And it's basically this rock formation in the middle. It's the most beautiful place to see it. Damn. Yeah, yeah, that would be my all-time right there. That would be great. It was super dope. I was super stoned. I was having the best time of my life. So that's like <laughs> party, heathenistic, like Halloween. And then there's one year. I have two little sisters that are 10 years uh, younger than me. It's just one that stands out that was really nice and wholesome. I just took them and their friends trick-or-treating. It was just like a really sweet family kind of vibe. And then I got drunk by myself and watched monster movies all night <laughs> once they went to bed. And that Best was both that, worlds. That was fucking great. Yeah, so it was. it's one of those two just for different reasons. Nice. I would still have to go with Wu-Tang. <laughs> yeah, Wu-Tang ruled. Who, who am I kidding? Go I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> Especially at that amphitheater. That's fucking, that place is awesome. Oh, so. it was great. Yeah. <laughs> I think mine is uh, when... Uh, my friend Riley and I, um, Riley is the artist of our uh, logo and intro animation for the show. Um, but we went out, um, it was in high school, we bought eggs and meat to vandalize houses, but then we were paranoid the whole time. Uh, because Did you say we're... eggs and meat? Yes. <laughs> we're throw meat at houses? Like lunch meat. Yeah. What kind of fucking were <laughs> <little laughs> <asshole laughs> you? Like... <laughs> Like uh, that, that pink ham just fucking slapping on people's windows. Like bologna and Spent like pimento loaf. Money on all this shit. <laughs> you can't do that now. That would cost you like fifty dollars. Right. Well, I know. Yeah. We so we bought that shit and we were we just we were paranoid the whole time because we were at the store buying this stuff and we realized that people we were like oh shit like people are gonna see a couple of high school kids buying eggs and meat on Halloween. Toilet paper. And uh, and I don't even I don't remember if we got toilet paper or not, but. Uh, and then we ended up like running into uh, like adults or like teachers or something we knew at the store and they were seeing us carrying the stuff to the register <laughs> and <laughs> we got all paranoid about that and we were thinking like and we went out we, we had it in our backpacks we were walking around Halloween around the neighborhood and uh, we just 
uh, assumed that people would see that, see us buying that stuff, question it, be thinking about it all like the, the next day. And we were too afraid to even use any of this, the shit that because we figured they would just make the connect the dots and know that any vandalized houses on that on Halloween would be us. So we didn't even do it. So you have baloney so. and eggs for the next 24 days. Yep. Yeah. So, so we you're just... almost a juvenile delinquent, but everyone's windows stayed permento low free. Yeah. Basically, we just uh, walked around at night in the dark with <laughs> eggs and meat in our backpacks. Yeah. And that's your most memorable <laughs> Halloween night. <laughs> <laughs> We're all going to see Wu Tang next year. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, we need to do that. <laughs> okay. That was fun. I mean, that was a fun one for such a bummer of a book, right? That was great. All right. Thanks, guys. Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween, everybody. Hope you have a good one. Hope you like the show. Uh, Hope you. Oh, you know what? I forgot. Uh, Behind me, that's actually Riley. I painted that in college. That's Riley. Boom. Yeah. Shout out to Riley. Yeah. So that's what he would have looked like if you guys had the cojones to egg and <laughs> baloney people's houses. Right. Yeah. So thanks everybody for listening to our Halloween special episodes of Arcade Bookshop. Woo-woo. Stay tuned for next week uh, for our regularly scheduled programming on Monday when Caleb and I talk about the Super Nintendo classic Super Metroid. Thanks for hanging out again, Zach. Hope you enjoyed these episodes yeah man we'll be on soon let's do it again yeah dude yeah i have some ideas all right we'll talk you be warned thanks for listening everybody (laughs) how can people find you and learn learn more about death comes lifting oh death comes lifting on instagram i guess we're on tiktok too all that shit google it you'll find it send me a message i read them all Mm. have fun this will be out on halloween right yeah okay yeah. Well, I was going to promote an event we're doing before Halloween, but that would be dumb. So, yeah. <laughs> just like our just, uh, just, the, the deal we talked about for the Cleveland Gaming Classic last yeah, time, right. which yeah. uh, happened far before this ever comes out. Right. So, uh, I hope everyone came to my event and had a fucking <laughs> awesome time. If you didn't, you missed a lot of Wu Tang Clan and, you know, good shit. So, come next year. Yeah. Boom. So, if you're enjoying the show, be sure to follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you haven't already, uh, oh, sorry, and share it with your friends if it's their thing. Sharing is the best way for us to grow. So, if you liked it, please share. Tell everybody. I want people to hear us. And if you like hearing us, I just want to keep, I want I want that to keep happening for everybody else. Please remember to rate and review um if you haven't already and it helps us uh that also helps us grow and get out there um you can follow us on instagram at arcade underscore bookshop um all of our updates about new episodes and stuff are on there um and i as i said in the beginning we made a tiktok i think that's just at arcade bookshop too um and if you have any game and book recommendations you can let us know wherever wherever we are you can dm us on instagram or uh Say something on TikTok or email us at arcadebookshop at gmail.com. Um, love to hear your cool ideas for the show and uh, not have to think of, them all, think of them all ourselves. And Caleb, what's going on with DPW? A uh, bunch of stuff. We keep getting guests and all kinds of fun things. Tell so them to come folks... over here, too. Yeah, I should probably do that. They're... The problem is most, actually all of them, I had to talk with their publicist first. Mm-hmm. So... 
It's like it's, it's always a middleman, you know. But if you folks want to check out those interviews, you can listen to the Drunken Pen Writing Podcast. Uh, what's my Halloween episode? We're covering Becoming the Boogeyman, which drops the same day this drops. Oh, no, Confliction. Oh, man. Uh, listen to both of them, you nasty motherfuckers. Yeah. And uh, listen to the Wu-Tang Clan because they are for the children. And nothing to fuck with. And, uh, yeah. Cool. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. And happy Halloween. And maybe, maybe... Do as we do. Keep a controller in one hand and a book in the other. Make it so.